Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? Hey there, church planner. This is Robert Frazier. We are back for part two of our interview with Steve Pike. He's an incredible guy. Make sure to check out Next Wave and all that they're doing. This is part two from last week. And uh, this week, you're going to hear him go into a bit more about what it means to be church planners that create multiplication, not just church planners that build ministries around themselves, which is a really important distinction for every church planter. When they start, the work is not to start a church. And actually, we probably even shouldn't call it church planting. What we want to see is we want to see people who follow Jesus living on mission in new places and out of their lives as they share the gospel, as they teach people the way of Jesus, communities of faith, churches emerge in those spaces. So hopefully you enjoy this week's uh, interview with Steve and make sure to be here next week. Tim Galley will be back with me and uh, be a good conversation. See you then. So, so that's, so I really try to, actually manage their expectations i try i say things like you know um this might take you <laughs> you know five years from this point before you actually start to see anything happening so it's not going to be six months if it does happen in six to 12 months that's great i'm not against that but let's just slow down and get everything in the right order because really again the discovery phase is when they're just sort of sampling what's out there and and increasing their knowledge and and 
just 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 enjoy it because the next phase and and i know i, I know you said let's double click on oh, no, we're uh, ready to move on discovery <laughs> but but i i, I want it because i think this is where it really helps people when they realize what you need to do next is not just go dive bomb into the first community that you think this is where discernment is okay one of the things you want to discern is to where or to whom or to where and whom are you called you know like who is god breaking your heart for um and and again this is so it's i think that the the transition between discover to deploy i mean i'm sorry discover to discern is that you've arrived at a place where you are very sure you you feel this this sense of calling and now I want you to dig deeper and go, okay, what is that calling? Where is that calling focused? Is it a place? Is it a people? Is it both a place and a people? Because at the end of the day, starting a church is local. I mean, even if it's an online church, it's still local to the, it's, there's a, there's a set of people. It's gamers. It's this, it's that. It's people who, you know, work in the airline industry, whatever, that can't, they have a hard time connecting with a a brick and mortar church in a, in a geographic location. So, but it's still, it's, it's local in the sense that the, the people are going to be um, generally, it's, it's really tough to have a church where you have, you know, 20 different languages spoken. I know treat, people are trying to pull that off, but most of the time, same language, most of the time, a similar kind of culture. Um, uh, and so anyway, the point is who's God breaking your heart for? Like, and, and, and another question that helps people get at that is who's missing? Like in, maybe it's in the, maybe you know the geography, but who in that geography is missing? Like who are, who are not being served by the church already? And just take your time to discern that. That's, that's one thing you want to discern. The second thing you want to discern is how are we going to be financially sustainable here? Because unfortunately, the big launch model has created this idea that um, you're supposed to, the way to start a church is to get together as much people who know how to give to, to together, uh, get a critical mass of those people together as fast as you can and start holding services that are uh, appealing to those people who are paying the tithes and then start reaching the lost. Well, over and over again, what happens is that a bunch of Christians come together and have a great time and never get around to really reaching the lost because the whole yeah. forming of that community is built around creating a great place for Christians to come together and worship Jesus, which yeah. is not a bad thing. The, the form of the church itself was built for a different purpose. It wasn't built. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and here's the scariest part of that is the economic model actually de-incentivizes people from doing what they say they're going to do. Yeah. You know, the reason nobody ever says I'm going to start a church for Christians. They say I'm going to start a church to reach, reach lost people. But then the economic model that they're working with actually causes them to if they have to decide, do I spend time with the Christian businessman or the atheist friend? It's going to be the Christian businessman in the early days because they yeah. need that guy's money, you know. And and so but if you if you have a way of being sustainable financially, that is not dependent on the tithes and offerings, all of a sudden you're really set free to be involved in actual missional church planning where you can spend time with the atheist instead of feeling like, feeling like you have to chase down the businessman with the money. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about that is, is over time, you that business person may very well become involved in the church, but um, 
but they're they're coming to a church that's already formatted around the right reason for the church to exist, but which is to be on mission with Jesus, to seek and save that which is lost. Right. And so, uh, so that's really, I, in fact, with urban churches specifically, I say, I won't even have another conversation with you until you bring me a five-year business plan that shows how you're going to be financially sustainable for the next five years. And and they say, well, how am I going to do? It? I said, I don't, you know, figure it out. Yeah. But you, you've got to do the research. If you can't at least come back and say, okay, we're going to, you know, help. We're going to do this and do that. I'm going to get a, a side hustle, blah, 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 whatever. And then we can evaluate, is this realistic? And help the person wrestle with all that stuff. And then it, it might be time for them to actually activate in the community. But until they have a financial strategy, um, you know, the bottom line is it's it's like when the, when the oxygen mask, they say when the, you know, in the plane, when the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first before you put it on your kid, because if you pass out, you're not going to be able to get it on your kid. And so, you know, and this is the same thing. The church is definitely not going to be there unless you are there. And so you've got to figure out a way. And so it's, it's really a surprise to people. Now that, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're not doing other things like beginning to pray for the community, people in the community, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I think the financial piece and God will, will help people uh, figure it out. Yeah. I know what you're, I, you're like exhibit a Robert. Yeah. You, well, what I ask church buyers when they come to our town is, are you committed to our city or are you here to plant a church? And if it doesn't work out, you're going to leave. Right. And for them, they, they always say, oh, I'm here for the city. But what we right. see is that those who are disappointed by the how, how large the church becomes or how self-sustaining is or the financial pressure, that's when you find out, are they really here long term? And, and right. I'll, sit down, I'll say, listen, if if the church can't support you fully in three years, which is, right. you know, a 50 50 like best case yeah. scenario 50 50 is this thing going to be yeah. able to pay you enough to live off of um yeah. are you still committed to making disciples for the rest of your life where god has yeah. planted you and are you willing to do what it takes financially to do that and most of them the answer is no like fundamentally right. they would they're going to leave the ministry before they find a way to stay engaged right well and that's I, exactly why i asked them that it's a very sort of unspiritual sounding kind of question of like, what's your business plan for the next five years? And if that turns them off, if they're not willing to think that out, because um, one of the things, interesting thing that I learned from Tim Keller's group, uh, City to City, is they've noticed that when people move into a new community from outside that community, if it, it's very common for many of them to give up uh, about four to five years into it. Uh, they don't even count a church as established until that church has been around for seven years, um, because yeah. because other because of what you, exactly what you're talking about. People come in with these visions of grandeur, and it doesn't work out. I I'm not making this up. I had a guy call me one time. <laughs> he said, "Hey, I'm just calling you, letting you, let you know we're shutting the church down." And I said, "What do you mean you're shutting the church down? I need more information." He said, "Well, he said we're only running about 150 people," and I said. What, only 100 that's larger than only percent yeah. of the churches in america <laughs> he said he said well well our 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 ministry plan was that by now we'd be running 500 and since we're not we're just gonna we're, we're failing so we're just gonna shut it down i mean it's that kind of stupid thinking right, well stupid whatever just short-sighted thinking you know there's too much of that going on so yeah. helping people 
helping people establish themselves. And I, I, I think you're right. Like letting people know, man, if you know, this is about making disciples. If you're not willing to come here and make disciples over the long haul, then don't even start. Uh, and most people, again, I won't even talk to, I won't have a second conversation if they're not willing to do the five-year plan. And most of them aren't, they want, you know, yeah. Oh no, I know I'm going to go, you know, um, advertise, we're going to do uh, mailers to 25,000 people and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And what, what we're finding is that when these parachute church planters come in, we love them. We care about them deeply. We want to see them successful and we're pretty invested in them building these communities that will have long-term impact in our city because we love our city. And a lot right. of times what happens is there, the problem is there's this, there's this rip cord that they can pull and go back home right. and go to right. safety. And, and a lot of times right. it's when they're in the valley of the shadow of death and they're struggling and they, they need the formation of that moment. But the problem is there's yeah. this temptation to say, I'm going to run back home and I'm going right. to take a job at a church or whatever whatever that temptation is to go back to the workforce. And, and they, yeah. they thought that they were creating for themselves a position of authority that would pay their bills and that would give right. them a job rather than I'm called to spiritually shape a community and partner with God and his work in the world. And so it, for me, it's like really shifting their mindsets from pastor to missionary is what we're talking yeah. about because pastors who plant churches, our yeah. pastors who are looking for jobs yeah. as shepherds rather than missionaries right. who are yeah. lost. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's exactly, so that's why this discernment phase is like so important is before you start, you know, hit the button and move into the community. Um, the other, the other thing that somebody needs to do during the discernment phase is really map out their transition from where they're at to, to where they're going to be. Like a lot of, again, some people just don't give thought. Like if you're on a staff of a church or if you have a job or whatever, uh, you know, you just don't march in the office and say, okay, I'm gone. And, and just, you know, you want to leave well. And you also want to give yourself, you know, be thoughtful about, okay, we're going to go from here where we kind of know how it works and, and we're stepping into this unknown and, and make that as tangible as you can. Well, that doesn't happen by accident. And so that's another piece of the discernment phase is how are we going to make the transition in a way that honors where we're coming from and helps us to, to arrive where we're going in a way that is uh, healthy and honoring there, um, which then bring, that's the deploy phase. So once you, you know, once you've mapped out your, then you're deploying into the place or you're activating, you know, if you already live there, sometimes you just activate where you're already at. You change, okay, I'm going to start making disciples or whatever. And, um, and that's what during the deploy phase um, is actually what you do. I always say, you know, we're, we asked the wrong question. The question is not how do we start a church? The question is how do we start making disciples? That's the question. Yep. If you do that, the church will emerge. But yeah. if you if you start with the idea that we're here to start a church, then your focus is on the institutional elements and you're measuring what you're doing by how many people are showing up to your gatherings and stuff like that. Instead of, you know, wait, we're here to make disciples. How are we doing at that? And you can do that immediately. You don't have to wait for some date out into the future where the church is launched. No, the church as soon as you activate in the community, the church is there. You're the church and you start making disciples. And that, you know, gradually becomes a worshiping community. And at some point you can say, okay, now we're going to gather everybody together and, and, you know, go public. But 
you know, one of the words that I've kind of moved away from, I, I, you know, launch is, is, is a word, but I like to talk about emerging, you know, the church emerging in a community. And that doesn't always have a launch date attached to it. You know, there's, there are some firsts along the way that can be celebrated, but, you know, I think we've given way too much attention to this, you know, the, the public gathering. It says something about what's important to the church instead of celebrating disciple making and, you know, enjoying the journey as we go. Well, and, and so that's part that of the question, deploy. Do we ask that question enough during our assessment phase with planners? <laughs> do we say, I'd like you to show me somebody that you saw them come to faith and then yeah. show them how to follow God. And then they are right. participating in a disciple making yeah. community. Cause I think if it's that, a good, if it's a good assessment process, we are asking that question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we ask it early enough in the process because if they're in an assessment, that there's an assumption that they're going to be at least on the pathway to planting yeah. some sort of community. But it, too often we don't ask, well, have you learned to make a disciple? And if you haven't learned right. to make a disciple, that's it. Like that's, that's all you need to learn right now is how to make a disciple. Right. And you need to be in a community that's showing you how to multiply disciples. And that's, and then the church is a natural byproduct of the work rather than yeah. this special, you know, we specialized it into this, you know, mechanism. This is Americans are really good at creating, you know, technical efficiency at the wrong things. Like we're, yes. we're really good at doing things well that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I guess I, I do want to say that um, I think like, I, 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 I don't know you super well, but I don't know, I know enough about you personally that you're, you're kind of wired to be somebody who's maybe more comfortable than most people starting with a blank slate and just going for it. And I'm, I'm kind of wired that way too. So I kind of understand, like, to me, I would prefer, I prefer, I don't want any instructions. I just want to, yeah. you know, give me the, give me the place and it's go after it. Yeah. I, I, I do realize that not everybody's wired that way. And just because they're not wired that way doesn't mean they cannot be planters. But what we just talked about, if you can't make a disciple, <laughs> Um, now I think there are some, you know, I think you and I talked about like dinner church with Verlin Fosner mm -hmm. as a, there, that's a way of doing church. That's, that's very, um, outside of the norm. It's, it's certainly not the big launch model and stuff like that. So one of the things I try to do sometimes with, with planners during that, uh, deployment phase and maybe the discernment, it's probably back in the discernment. I say, let's think about is there a is there a way of being the church that really resonates with you and based on what you know right now can resonate in this community but let's not lock into it until we move yeah. into the community and um and 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 i think it's good for many people do benefit from sort of a framework they can go okay okay we don't have to reinvent the wheel for some stuff yeah. um and i think they're legit and i think that's probably the majority of people that are going to do church planning successfully We'll, we'll fit into that realm where they need a little bit of framework and guideline. But to me, it, it still goes back to their calling and their understanding that um, we're here to make disciples. And, and, and part of the problem is we, we all haven't been raised in that kind of environment. If you um, grow up in a church that says we disciple through the teaching on Sunday morning rather than through yeah. community, then they're like, well, I'm making disciples by starting a congregation where people will sit and listen to me preach. Like that's exactly. the discipleship mentality. They need. Exactly. 
So that's why we really, you know, I, I advocate in Next Wave that we need to really rediscover or reimagine discipleship um, mm-hmm. because it's uh, it, 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 we've really truncated it and and over. Uh, well, I don't know if I don't if I don't know if it's too simple or not simple enough. Uh, what we've done with it, but um, yeah, that's you're yeah. right. Well said. So that's so then you know the the ploy is is you know really starting a community of disciples in that neighborhood or in that community that eventually starts to starts to develop some community habits and that's when we move to the develop phase and you know that might be the the launch or it might be the point where they emerge as a church that is has a has a sort of collective identity in the community and you want to do that well too i mean organisms are organized um it's you know chaos is not (laughs) you, you can't have uh forward progress where everything is just completely laissez-faire and there's no direction. And so there does need to be a development thing. And then the final thing is, is duplication, which is repeat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, that's what those five phases are. And, and I, I do orient new church planners to thinking about that because they can see that it makes the journey. It's not just move into community, start the church six months later, and by that meaning, you know, holding worship services, there's a lot more going on. And we try to push them towards a more mission oriented mindset versus a pastor oriented mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we, man, we, we need to hang out more, Steve. That's all I'm realizing after this, this, uh, this conversation, we, we've got a few minutes left. I, I want to, I want to dive in before we go today. What you've, you've been a, a key part of seeing multiplication happen, starting with your church in Utah, planting five churches, and then helping the the, the church multiplication network grow through the Assemblies of God. And, you know, you've seen a lot. So I'd, I'd love to start with uh, where where does a leader start to, to think about multiplication and how does, how does that shift happen in a leader's mind from I'm leading a church that is demanding of me to... I have some other calling beyond that. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if I have the definitive answer to that question, but I think some things that will help a leader get to that place in their mind is, is first of all, changing the metric, like from how many people sit there and hear me on Sunday morning. That's that's become the metric that everybody decides whether or not they're, what they're doing is significant or not. Two, how many people have we been able to send out into mission, whether it be full-time missionary work in another land, other church plants, or just activating people as disciples in their daily lives? That's a much more important number than how many people show up to hear you speak on Sunday. So I think when a pastor starts to realize, when, when if they can make that um, internal shift from being obsessed with how many people came on Sunday to kind of being obsessed with how many disciple makers and, you know, catalysts, missional catalysts are are being um, developed and and sent out from their, from their church. That's, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the seed. That's the foundation of a multiplication movement is that mentality, like an obsession with that's what we want to see, which what kind of goes hand in hand with that. The thing that I've noticed about churches that actually become multiplication movements or or even just are able to actually plant other churches 
um, is that they have some kind of intentionality in developing leaders. So again, that's a the the person sitting in the you know the the, the ultimate whatever the pastoral the lead pastor I guess we call them nowadays. That person uh, needs to come to the place where they're committed to developing all the leaders around them, and not just talking about leadership, but actually you know creating ways. So I'll just give you a quick example. Um, you know, I had a, a a guy that called me up after I'd started this church in Utah, and he goes, "Hey, I want to come out, and I, I I feel like I'm called to plant a church. What should I do?" And I said, "Well, why don't you come join our staff for a little bit, and we'll figure it out." So, I prayed about like, how do I help this guy? And the Lord spoke to me, and there was a campus in that town that was a secular university campus, had like thirty thousand students that were mostly commuters. So it was a weird campus because it wasn't mostly residential. But anyway. Nobody had ever been able to successfully start a Christian uh, ministry on that campus. So I said to this this church planner, this prospective church planner, I said, here's what I want you to do. Start a Christian campus ministry on this campus. And um, if you do that well and successfully, then we'll send you out to plant a church. And I honestly, I and I told him, I said, nobody else has done it. You might fail. Um, so, so my expectations are really low. And let's just enjoy the journey and I'll coach you as you go. Well, a year later, he had this campus ministry that was blowing up. They had all these adult leaders as he trained and developed. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this guy can do it. So leadership training is hands on. Like, I mean, you sure you need to, you know, do a little bit of didactic stuff. But but, um, you know, figure out a way to quickly get people's hands in the clay of whatever it is. And, you know, um, develop them and so anyway have intentionality in that so like i always had i started this thing called the men of issachar and I'd, we'd get up at like five o'clock in the morning and you know we'd do push-ups and you know whatever and and it was these guys that i saw potentially and i'm invite them into the men of issachar and from there that's where we started identifying people and we'd say okay let's do this and do that so the thing is that doesn't happen by accident is what i'm trying to say there's got to be intentionality in leadership development and it's way easier to find that and do that on a in a church where it's built on a platform of disciple making because the very concept of disciple making is individuals activating in their own lives consciously thinking about i'm making disciples of the people around me when people think that way then it's really not much of a step to to say okay now let's not only develop your disciple making abilities but your leadership abilities and once you start developing leaders, then, you know, uh, you're going to end up potentially, you, you just, you don't worry about, oh, no, you know, Billy Bob's going out to start a new church. We're going to lose. You don't think of that as a loss anymore. Billy Bob's position is going to be filled by somebody else who may also wow. be sent out. And so you're never, you're never at a loss for leaders if you have a leadership development climate or, or intentionality in the church. Yeah. 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 We had, we had Dave Ferguson on a couple weeks ago on the podcast and yeah. you know, his, his line is always my fruit grows on someone else's tree. And, and once you, once you realize that it's not about me, it's about the kingdom and the kingdom has this yeah. like cascade of fruit that happens through multiplication. All of a sudden it's not about me building an organization. It's about what's going to happen. And, and with, with our local network, we started to talk about church planting and multiplication. Yep. We planted a bunch of, XPs and associate pastors were kind of ready. Yeah. And then we looked around and we're like, who else is there? And yeah. that led us to say, okay, now we can start talking about leadership development. 
And then we started talking about leadership development and realized, you know what? We don't have a leadership pipeline because we haven't been yeah. making disciples. And so we're getting back to the basics by once you right. focus on, okay, if we're going to plant to hundred churches, how we're going to get there, you work your way back to it's the nuts and bolts it's the blocking yeah. and tackling of, can I make disciples who make disciples? Absolutely. And that's the, Absolutely. That's and it's way harder. Work it's way harder to into. do than to say, yeah. but it can be done. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I know you've got to go. So I want to say thank you so much for being here. We need to have another conversation yeah. about urban church planning, about what you're doing with Next Wave. Um, so we'll, we'll have you on again. And I, I want to give a quick shout out to Dan Serdahl for well, connecting us. And we're up trading places a, next enjoy week, the except yeah. I'm not going to be there. Dan's actually going to be interviewing you next week because uh, you're going to be on the Next Wave community meetup. So thanks for agreeing to do that. And heads up. Dan will be doing it. I have yeah. tied up at a conference that I absolutely I haven't figured out that cool trick of being two places at the same time yet. It just hasn't I haven't figured it out. But uh. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love for you to yeah. real quick before you go, just yeah, share sure. with people how they can um, connect with you. My email address is Steve at um, <laughs> I've got several different ones. I'm thinking which one am I? Yeah, Steve at nextwave.community. Steve, <laughs> S-T-E-V-E at nextwave.community. You can also find out about more about Next Wave Community at nextwave.community. Nextwave so that's all you have to remember is nextwave.community. The email, email address is just Steve at on the front of that. And then, but you can also look at the website through nextwave.community. That's how you get in touch with me. Excellent. Well, thank you so Love much it. for making Love some it, time. And we'll get you Whenever on again to talk team, some man. more. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining us at the church planter podcast. Remember if you want to reach the people that no one's reaching, you got to go where no one's going and do what no one else is doing. Uh, see you next week. We got Peyton and Pete on Monday morning and we'll be here on Wednesday.